Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hello, DB peeps, and welcome to episode 57, No Curfew. No Curfew? Yes, Curfew. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out momentarily. We are appropriately pairing this topic with the wine called <clears throat> No Curfew. <laughs> really, yeah. We're really creative here. So we're going to be talking about curfews. Government mandated or parental. Or, or parental and what the benefits and the uh, cons are, pros and cons. So um, I'm going to get cracking. You're going you're gonna to pop that, that puppy open. Yep. It is... A 2015 red blend. Now, I'm just going to go on the record and say that it's challenging. I did find some information. We have some information about what supposedly is in this blend, but I don't have a lot of like credence towards it because it was 100% duplicated for the 2014. So I'll tell you this. So the blend is 55% Zinfandel, 20% Syrah, 15% Petite Syrah, 7% Cab Sauvignon, and 3% Petite Verdot. I like all those wines. I yes, I actually think it's a great it's a great um, lineup for sure. Um, and this is out of California. It's out of Cali. It just says California, which means that it's actually lo- from Calistoga, I believe. That's where they're from, but they have information on their site to say that they really want to find the best fruit. And so that's why it doesn't actually have like an AVA, like we've talked about, like Napa Valley or Russian River Valley. It just says California, which means that these grapes are coming from all over um, the state. What's our ABV on the bottle? 13.9%. And online it says it's 14.5. Another reason why I'm like, I don't know if what we should trust. We're confused. Um, um, oh, the, you're welcome. So again, name of the wine is no curfew. They, on the label, it says because limitations are a drag. Indeed. They are. All right. All cheers. right. Cheers, bitch. To no limitations. Okay. It's pleasant. <laughs> that might be the first time in our entire podcast that you've called a wine pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> it's pleasant. It's pleasant. Um, Sounds like a nice old lady. I mean, old ladies don't want limitations either, right? I, you know what? Not the feisty ones, yeah. I don't think. So they say, let's face it, when things really get going, no one wants a curfew. We couldn't agree more. Limitations are a drag. So we threw off all constraints in making this wine, sourcing only the best grapes from exceptional vineyards to make a wine worthy of your post-curfew adventures. It so sounds I a mean, little that's... like reckless love post-curfew adventures. Yeah. <laughs> But there you go, talking about, you know, trying to know AVA and trying to get their yeah. wines from the best places or their grapes from the best places so they don't have any limitations. Also, it says that they wanted to look outside of the box. And so they don't want to have like crazy ass fancy marketing, they say, and they don't want high price tags. They don't want to be constrained by that, which is kind of nice because, you know, we've talked about this before, Sarah, like Napa Valley, the name Napa Valley has such a connotation to it that automatically, I think it might add like 20 bucks to a bottle of wine mm-hmm. simply because it comes from Napa. And if you're talking a Cabernet, you're throwing on like a $40 price tag at a minimum. Yep. So Agreed. I think it's, it's kind of nice because they can kind of pick and choose. And one other thing that I thought was interesting about this wine just on their website, I mean, they have the 2017 specifications as well. And 
they're like largely different varietals. Like Tempranillo's in there, which is crazy. So they're they're probably trying to find where they can get the best grapes from. Best grapes and also just um, flavors, you know, kind of changing the flavor profile. Um, You know, one of the things that I feel like we heard a lot when we were on our trip and just in all the stuff that we read, you know, you don't want... You don't want to make the same wine all of the time. I don't think. They want to let the grapes and the ground and everything speak for the for itself. They're ba- they, and want, so, they want the terroir to dictate. Exactly. And yep. so it's challenging when that happens because you, like people, when they find a wine that they like, they're like, I want it to be like this forever and ever. And if you change things up, it can be challenging to accomplish that. But well, so it's a living, I breathing these guys, thing. Well, they don't want limits. They don't want to be like, we're always going to use these same grapes. Like you said, they're trying to find the best fruit. They're trying to make the wine that they want to make. And, you know, to, that represents these, you know, breaking free of any sort of chains or whatever you may have. Yeah. So, I mean, what are your initial? You said it's pleasant. Yeah, I like their description. Our red blend is as dark and spicy as a mysterious stranger, yet somehow as approachable as an old friend. A somehow. perfect companion for your post curfew adventures. Indeed. Um, yeah, I do get the li- I get a little bit of spice. Mm-hmm. I get the dark fruits for sure. I am lacking a little bit of tannins right now. You too? Yeah, it needs a little bit of tannin, but there's so much peppery flavor. Yeah. Especially like at the at the end. Yeah. I feel that like you're getting you're, the Zen, the Syrah, that, that's yeah. really shining through for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and a 55% Zen, that totally makes sense with the pepperiness. Yeah. So uh, the people who make this, correct me if I'm wrong, they're part of Amici Cellars. Yeah. And um, I think Amici means friends, which is kind of that's nice. It's a nice touch. And Olima Wines. That's their second label there. And so I think No Curfew is technically their third. It's a reputable brand. I mean, I know I've seen Amici on the shelves at um, local wine shops and stores and things like that. So uh, these are not brand new people to the wine world. Mm-mm. One other thing from their site, work will be work and adulting is hard, but we'll be there when you need that reprieve. So kick off your shoes, settle onto the sofa and sip away. We've got you covered. Now swirl, sip and repeat. I feel like this sounds like DBP. You know what else sounds like DBP? <laughs> yes, okay, I do. I know what, what you mean. <laughs> Whether you're heading out to paint the town red, <laughs> kicking back after a day at the office, or kicking back with an episode of The Office. Or Friends, Amici. Let's, we can do it. That there's, we'll it yeah, we would insert Friends. Yeah. When a delicious no curfew wine is involved, you know a great night awaits. So It's going to be great. The only other thing that I will add, especially because I, we've talked about like all of these grapes before and pretty recently, so we don't want to delve too, too much into those grapes, but I did find a sweet little nugget from this wine all the time, which is written by Marissa A. Ross. I want to read that book. Did you, I will lend it to you. Awesome. Um, she used to write for Mindy Kaling. Oh, okay. For the, uh, she, no, I'm sorry. She was her assistant. I think that's, and then somehow she got connections and stuff. So whatever. So anyway, she has like a very, um, what's the word? Slightly more abrasive way to describe wines. Uh, she's a hoot (laughs) to say the least, but she wrote this. Um, this is in a section about like what, what types of wine to drink during certain times, like depending on what you're going through. Um, this section is titled for a long day slash week slash month slash life. She says, it's been a long one. You're weary, emotional, and very likely in need of some sweatpants. 
First, my condolences. Second, you want a spicy red wine that leaves you feeling all sorts of warm and fuzzy, like a Syrah or a Zinfandel. These wines feel like custom-fitted onesies for your soul while you rewatch your favorite season of Seinfeld and remember that everything is going to be all right. I just thought that was really appropriate given what you just read off of No Curfew and also what DBP is all perfect. around. Yeah, this is, this is perfect. And it's two of our favorite grapes. So I know. I love me some Zen. All right. So, Sarah. Yes. Yes. Y- yes. Yes. Did you have a curfew when you were growing up? Oh, hell yeah. Like, what was your curfew? My parents and how... were strict as hell. I mean, mine too, but how and I was, what was the yours? oldest. Well, that's why. Well, no. You had to break them. What was my curfew? Yeah. Like, like how do you old? remember? Well, when, when you started going out longer, what was your curfew? I mean, mine was probably like freshman year. Like 8.30. What? <laughs> okay. I, I mean, later okay in high school, parents. it got later, like 9. 9.30. Okay. People could come over and stay as long as they wanted. My, You just couldn't be out. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I thought I thought mine was really rough. I think mine was like 10 o'clock freshman year. I wasn't driving, so it was like dictated somewhat by... I, I remember having an argument with my dad and being like, well, if so-and-so is driving, then like, I'm not going to make them come home early just to drop me off. Because yeah, I couldn't drive. That never drive, worked. Right? Um, I think my dad had some sympathies because I hung out with a lot of people that I was in band with. And so he knew all these kids and basically they knew my dad and he had a good rapport with the kids. I won't lie, but you know, you just don't mess with Papa Bear. Papa Bear. I love that. Yeah. Um, So there's this meme that I just saw online. What? I, I think this is hilarious. Shout out to the old days when you said you were sleeping over at a friend's house, but you were really out in a field dying of alcohol poisoning, <laughs> and your parents couldn't track your phone location, much less ask you for a selfie to prove anything. Yeah, right? <laughs> Wait, do parents do that? I don't know. They, they ask for selfies like at any point in time? They can definitely track your phone location. Yeah, but you have to turn that on. If you're 15 and your parents are paying for your phone, I'm pretty sure that shit's on if they want it to be. Wow. Listen, with all the stupid shit that's happening, and we will get to this too, but for safety reasons, I don't think that I would care. I also didn't do anything bad when I was little, or when I was little. (laughs) I I did a couple of things, and trust me, I've skipped, I missed curfew more than a few times and got grounded for a couple days at a time because of it. I was a pretty good kid. Um, (laughs) I, you plead the fifth? I plead the fifth. (laughs) Ah, so, okay, so your parents had curfews. I had curfews. Thankfully, like, when we were younger, it was, I mean, I didn't have my own cell phone. So when I would go out, I had to take, like, my parents' phone, and I had to call and check in every now and then, or if we were running late, I had to call and let them know. I did get a cell phone when I was 16. Oh, did you? Yeah. I don't think I got one until I went to college. No, I got one. I got one when I was 16. So, but yeah, par- nowadays parents have a lot more, a lot more liberty with respect to keeping track of their kids and stuff. I am not going to say that I blame them a hundred percent because there's a lot more shit going on. Kids now. are getting into a lot of shit now nowadays. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to my one friend. She said that her cousin's sixteen-year-old daughter got drunk. The girl who hosted broke into the liquor cabinet. She was vomiting all over like her bathroom, and then. This girl's daughter 
calls and says, um, do you think that you could come pick me up? And she knew shit was going to happen. She knew shit was wrong. She goes, this never happens. Do you want to know what the daughter did? What? She went onto her mom's phone and blocked her friend's mom's phone number so that her mom didn't know it happened. Oh, that's pretty sneaky. That's smart. Isn't it? It's kind of, it's really smart, but it's super sneaky. And I'm like, I wouldn't fucking even think of that. But, you wouldn't, but it came out. It, it all came out. She was grounded. It's fine. You wouldn't think of that now because that wasn't anything that we could have done. That wasn't even a thing back then. But even still, like that thought would never have crossed my mind presently for shit. It probably would have crossed my mind. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I definitely got drunk when I was 16 and oops. Yeah. I threw a party. At 16? Uh, yeah. Um, when my parents were out of town and <laughs> the cops came. And my mom called the house to check on us because I didn't have a cell phone. And the cops answered the phone. No. Yeah. Uh, Were you grounded (laughs) for like two months? Oh my God, it was so bad. And I had just gotten, my dad had just bought me a car. (gasps) Yeah. How messed up, well, leased a car, whatever. But how messed up was that? I was terrible. It was awful. Awful. Be careful. That shit comes back to bite you. I, trust me. So I thought of that. <laughs> so let's okay. So we've had we have curfews. We're we're all too familiar with curfews. But let's take it back a little bit longer. When did curfews come into play? Oh, way longer than I expected. What did What did you think? Nineteen fifty six. Like for like mandated city. Like yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, what is it actually? So the first record. Of curfews were actually in Europe and they were imposed by the royal authorities during the ninth century. Does that mean like the 800s? Yeah, really I mean, like that. that's is like, that right? Yeah, that's like way before the year 1000. So Jeez. at the time, they required the general population to stay in their homes because there was these devastating fires that there were so many wooden homes that they wanted people to be safe. That's why they first were imposed, is basically to keep people safe during these these huge fires. And curfew comes from French yeah. words, right? Couvre-feu, which literally translates to covering of the fire. Makes sense, then. Yeah. All right. But then, in the 11th century, 11th, there was rulers okay. that actually used strict curfews to curb rioting or rebellions, because they didn't want citizens to be able to stand up to those who are in charge oh, and challenge them. They don't want to start revolutions. No, they didn't. Gotcha. Um, because they wanted their rulers to stay wealthy and they didn't want, again, they didn't want the average citizen to have any say. So they had a 9 p.m. bell and that symbolized the time to go home. And that was a church bell. And right. even like today, Isn't church bells still chime at some of those hours. Yep. So just because it's habit. The church, the church bells rang in the evening closure and basically telling everyone to go the fuck home. <laughs> go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. Have you ever heard um, that book? No, but that's hilarious. Oh, it, I've heard it. Uh, it's like a recording, like an audio book or whatever. And it's, uh, I think it's, um, God, Samuel L. Jackson. It's pretty amazing. I won't lie. That would be hilarious hearing it in his voice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh my god! I have to look that up. And that was like the start of like tyranny. So these are like yeah. tyra- like dictators and dictators, yeah, mm-hmm. and slave so, owners. Um, and it's just something that's been perpetuated. Yeah. So basically, it was synonymous with violent political leaders and regimes. Okay. 
Damn. But then... But then it turned into something else. So in like the 1800s, like late 18, like close to 1900, through the 1900s into present day, curfews seem to be, the message seems to be more focused on um, protecting the youth. And that is protecting them from, quote unquote, the vices of the street or keeping them out of harm's way. You know, what that basically means is you want to keep them away from all of the bad things and keep them from doing bad things, but you also want to keep them safe from the bad things happening to them. Um, right. Which is pretty terrifying. Yeah. And I think, what did it say? Did it say in like 2000, like 80%, 84% of cities had curfews? I feel like I saw something Yeah, like I think by that time, by 2000, 337 I mean, cities did. Yeah. Um, and since then, the number of U.S. cities has... Increase 50% to about 500. Okay. So, I mean, almost. Well, and that's over a certain over a certain population, like you said, 100,000. I think I saw a statistic yeah. of like 160,000 population, and that was almost all of them had them. So the first youth curfew yeah. was in Omaha, Nebraska in 1880. President Benjamin Harrison called curfews quote-unquote, the most important municipal regulation for the protection of children in American homes from the vices of the street. There we go, vices of the street. Chicago is the nation's largest city with a curfew who passed their laws in 1955. And then, like we said, that's increased and increased. And yeah. even Bill Clinton Oh, he had a big thing. Yeah. Endorsed youth curfews to help keep children out of harm's way. Yeah. So this has been growing and growing and growing. Are they? Do they work? It depends. This is so hard. You guys, statistics are so difficult. We talked about this in one of our other recent episodes. Like, take everything with a grain of salt because depending on what these people study, what they want to prove with their studies or what they're seeking, they're going to find the results that are going to help fit their story and fit, you know, what they're, and what they're trying to do. Before we get into that, like, curfew... So what does that mean? Like kids under the age of so usually, what, 17? Yeah, usually it's if you're under 18. So anyone up to 17 years of age, um, that's what that's who the curfew is designed for. Now, I think some towns like have like different curfews at another cutoff maybe. Okay. Like maybe like 12 to 17 or 13 to 17 okay. or maybe even 14 because that's like the high school age. I'm not 100% certain because... I just remember there were even some school functions that got out later than our local curfews. That was school functions. Like, how do you expect us to get home from that? I literally don't remember city curfew. I'm pretty sure that we had one where I grew up, but it was, I mean, I, look, I think that there are, there are probably more important things to do. Well, depending on what your town is, depending on, you know, what is going on in the city and also how big. I mean, we, I think we're a town of maybe 43,000. Uh-huh. I could be so off. It's not even funny. But I think that there are such struggles. And we are living... One thing to keep in mind, like, frame of mind is we're living in a completely different society than what it was 50 years ago. We're dealing with a lot more different things, a lot more complex issues. We have all these kids' activities that are happening at the schools. All these kids are expected to be in 5 million sports and take extra classes and have jobs and all that stuff. And so they have to go within those hours, number one. But also, there are a lot of parents, I think, that are still not really paying attention. Oh, yeah. For sure. And so, 
if they're not paying attention to the kids, who knows what's happening? Well, with them. in the beginning, they were meant to try and keep like young criminals. Yeah, the they street. were trying to reduce the younger crime rates. And now right. it's trying to fix like social issues because parents aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, or control their kids. And so that that's it's trying to like fix the number of kids who are like involved in crimes or unintended victims of crime. Right. That's right. the other thing. Yeah, and that's yeah, for sure. Um unintended victims of crimes just because they're like in the crosshairs yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Okay, so with that in mind, thanks for the refill. No problem. Do we do we think that there are any like unintended consequences behind having curfews? I mean, do they have this? Do they have they realized the benefit that they perceive curfews to have? So I think there is some perceived benefit, and we'll kind of get into that. But three like what years has happened. Yeah. So three years after San Antonio enacted a curfew, uh-huh. the victimization of youth dropped eighty four percent. What? And cities like Detroit, Cincinnati, New Orleans also had similar results, but they're not really sure if that's the only reason why oh, there was ha- a decrease in crime rates. I like, see. They're having trouble attributing it to solely that yeah, cause. Because there could have been other factors. Um, I'm sure it's correlated. Like, I'm sure. Right? I'm sure. But it's really hard to have a study on curfews because cities... Put in curfews in different years. Some do it in response to any youth violence. Others do it to prevent it. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, that's significant. Yeah. So this complicates like the before and after crime rates between cities. Um, Like I'm sure, I'm sure I know that like Milwaukee had done something where there were protests in 2016, political protests. And so they mm -hmm. enacted a curfew to reduce it. Simply, simply so that there weren't riots and there weren't, yeah. you know, people out protesting rather. Not, I don't think it escalated to riots necessarily, but the protests. And so it maybe in that context, it, they could be short lived, like say like between the months of, or even in the summer, right? between the months of, you know, June and August, kids have this curfew because they're up to no good. Cause but then, in the neighborhood. Yeah. And then it's hard because... You can stop someone who looks younger than they are. There have been noted that juvenile arrests can increase significantly in cities with curfews. You know, you know I got stopped at our mall. I got stopped and ID'd in our mall. Oh, yeah. That's happened to me there. Yeah. Where it's on a Saturday or something. Mm-hmm. The curfew is it's really early. Is it like 4 p.m. or something? I swear I went there. Four? I swear. When this happened, this was years ago. I don't know if I was going to see a movie or if I was just like going in to like pick something up quickly. It was a Saturday and there were cops, security guards right at the doors. And before they would even let me walk past and they're like, um, excuse me, we need to see your ID. And I was like, say what? Like, yes, thank you for thinking I'm 16 years old. I appreciate it, but I'm definitely at least a decade older. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. That, I mean, it makes sense when they start to do that because they just, they need to be sure, Right. So kids nowadays can look older, especially it's girls true. with it's makeup true. and stuff. Um, so also they don't know if you're like criminalizing youth and what effects that can have. But there there hasn't been any studies that really have found an effect on curfews on juvenile crime. Like you can't mm. really study it. It's very difficult to do that. Okay. So we don't really know. But also there is the argument that curfews prevent parents from exercising full control over their children 
and allow children to be unreasonably detained. Now, are they detained? detained? Is an extremely strong word. I'm sorry. They're not. You're not. We're not talking about locking your child up in a cell or locking them in their room. Isn't it usually a ticket or something? You can get. Yeah, you can get ticketed. I know. I looked up the stuff here, and it was like. Kid, juveniles can get ticketed $74 and parents $175. I'm just like, why would a parent get ticketed? Like, technically, are you are you not allowed to be out with your parents past curfew? No, I think what that means is, like, the parents, if they allowed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But so then they're double ticketing? So basically, the city is pulling in, like, money, over money, 200 money, bucks. Money, money, money. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's not fair. I mean... Ooh, that is a gimmick to make more money. Well, government. the other thing is, is should our pol- police be concentrating on other things and screening? I would be very curious to know how many tickets or how many interventions there actually are. Like, perhaps in where we are, there aren't quite as many, you know, there are focusing their attentions on other things, but consider it when it's a slow night. How much are they enforcing this? Are they really buckling down and going around and asking kids for their IDs at 10 o'clock at night. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How old were you when you got your first ID? Uh, 16. Me too. Or maybe 15. But here's the thing. I just looked this up because I could not remember having a curfew. Oh, yeah? Like, for my parents, yes. But like a a city curfew, I I don't remember that. So Michigan has curfews, because that's where I grew up, for kids under the age of 16, under the age of 12. It's 10 p.m., for those 12 and under, uh-huh. and midnight for 16 and under. What if I was you... never out. I mean, like, that's just, that's a very loose curfew, I guess you could say. It does sound extremely loose. Like, my curfew from my parents was not even that lenient. Like, yeah. that no, sounds extremely lenient. That's it's what like, I'm what's saying. the fucking point? Although, I just told Sarah the story. Like, I remember, I vividly remember being in the hallway my freshman year of high school. One of my friends, her locker was next to me. She turns and talks to me. She's like, oh, so what'd you do this weekend? I said, I don't know. I think I worked or something like that. Really boring. And she, I said, what'd you do? She said, I was at so-and-so's hot tub until 2 a.m. And I was like, I literally turned her and I go, what did you do until 2 a.m.? I mean, Miss Naive Jamie over here, like living under a rock and not really realizing. They got what, to know each other pretty well, I'm sure. Mm, yeah, they were talking. They were talking. I'm And sure. drinking milk. Having, yes. And cookies. Very. That's what was happening. <laughs> I did it all for the cookie. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> so, anyways, moving on. Anywho. So, okay. And then oh. there's the whole thing about how curfews are unconstitutional. Can you explain this? No, I, I simply cannot. I mean, I guess to some extent it is regulating people's movement, right? So, it because it's, it's dictating what people within what people can and cannot do to some extent. Like when they say like you can't be out after a certain number, after a certain hour, that's basically saying, okay, you can't, it's like a bar, right? You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Like it's, isn't that a song? It is. It's in probably like a hundred country songs. I'm sure. But yes, that is closing time. Closing time. Yeah. There you go. There it is. Uh, (laughs) I was waiting for that. That's, that's actually a good song. Who sings that? <laughs> I gotta find this we'll find, out. All right. We'll find out. You research DJ Sarah. Yeah, I mean, guys, what I am really struggling with, how you can say that it's unconstitutional, 
they're not saying it's 5 p.m. This is not like I, I'm going to go there and I apologize in advance. It's not like the Nazis where you have to have like close, like you have to she close everything. Your blackout curtains turn off all of your lights at like some absurdly early hour. This is like it is dark outside, and to protect. Is it your, dark outside all the time? Well, no, but like in the summer, nine o'clock, it's getting dark, right? Kind of. Yeah. Ten o'clock. I mean, yeah. in Switzerland. Ten o'clock is dark for sure. In Switzerland, or not Switzerland, in Sweden, it's like light twenty-two hours of the day. It's absurd. <laughs> Did you find out who sings closing time? Yeah, semi semi sonic. I think they're gonna be at Summerfest. Do they sing anything else? They do. No. They do. <laughs> they I don't do. believe you. I, I feel like it. I've never heard anything else that they've said. What? I, I'm sure that I know it. Semi-sonic. I band. don't know. So. <laughs> no. I must look. So while Jamie's looking at that. <laughs> I, <Nope>. think that <laughs> I don't know these songs. Yeah, exactly. No, you don't. You don't know those songs because they don't sing anything else. They're going to go to Summerfest and sing that song and then some other stuff that no one knows and everyone's going to leave. Okay. Um, Secret Smile sounds familiar. I'm sure I know that. Okay, sorry. We digress. We digress. So there's also people who say that... So curfews, we said, are unconstitutional. Do you think they're unconstitutional? No. Okay. But they say they infringe upon the free speech rights of youth and that they... Impose an unconstitutional burden on a parent's substance, substantive due to process rights, and that the ordinance of curfews promotes parental supervision of minors but fails to offer parents enough flexibility or autonomy in supervising their own children. Yeah, but that's so, because but, the majority of parents, I don't want to say the majority, parents nowadays have given up supervising their children because they forego doing that they just have these kids and then they sit with their faces inside of their phones all of the time or jamie tell me how you really feel i don't know i was just laughing though because okay so infringes upon the free speech rights of youth okay 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 kids nowadays don't fucking talk to people they're online. They're just messaging and Instagramming and Snapchatting and weird so, shit. So, no offense to those under 15, but like, do you know enough to have free speech? I mean, honestly. I I'm also gonna get have the same thought. That, but You're I mean, fine. I have the same thought. It's like, again, society today, very different than society back in, say, the early 1900s, mm-hmm. where 15-year-olds, mm-hmm. 16-year-olds were like literally put to fucking work. Yeah. And so, and oftentimes they wouldn't finish schooling, but I bet you they knew more about what life was and like what was required of them as quote unquote citizens and adults because they had to start acting as adults that early. Nowadays, we don't even have, people don't have fucking chores. Yeah. They don't, they have no idea of what is realistic anymore. So anyways, (sighs) Jamie's upset about. I just got called a millennial the other day, and I almost, she I mean, I pretty like much, I was like, I am not a millennial. She doesn't like it. Don't do it, guys. Don't call her a millennial. No. So, okay. What about stats? They show minors and are suspects and victims in roughly 10% of violent crimes committed between curfew hours. 
but they're far more likely to commit or be victims of crime outside curfew hours. And the minors are the ones who commit these in the vast majority of violent crime during curfew hours. So 83.6% of violent crimes by minors are during non-curfew hours and 87.8% of adults' violent crimes are during non-curfew hours. Just a during little bit the daytime. Of right. Well, because there, okay, there is another sentiment. Hang on one second. I have to find it for a minute. There's an urban activist. Her name's Jane Jacobs. She theorizes that well-populated streets are, oh, that actually goes against it. <laughs> I was going to say, you should she, say says, anyway. she says well-populated streets are safe streets. Deserted streets invite crime. So basically her state, her sentiment compared with your statistics say that if it's during the daytime, it's more likely for shit to go down. Rather than at night, even though I I tend to agree, deserted streets they make me completely uncomfortable. I agree, but, but then but then there's cities that have shown that they've had juvenile crime rates fall. So like New Orleans, like I said, they had a dust till dawn curfew in 1994, uh-huh. and the rates of juvenile crime fell more than 20 percent. And then in Dallas, there was a 30 percent decrease in violent juvenile crime and a 21 percent decrease in the overall overall rates of crime. Committed by young people. Yeah. So, okay, this sounds good. Did you hear at all about the Chicago, like, the flash mobs? Yeah. The flash mob attacks? So those started when I was working there. I was working for a different company in, like, 2011, I want to say. Okay. Because it was happening, like, right off Michigan Avenue. And literally just... Mobs of kids would just go up and just yeah, like jack that. someone in the yeah. face who was on a bike or just walking and steal their shit. Mostly their phones, I think. Yeah, because I guess they resold them. How do you divide but a phone among like? It's still people? happening. It's is been it? happening like every summer, especially yeah. over the summers when there's so many tourists and everything is so crowded. They that's when they tend to like get like really active. And I just saw this article quickly. Um, it's teenage mob attacks designed to distract p- police. And so huh. this came out on Easter, after Easter Sunday, um, where I guess there was something that was really, they were trying to distract them because they were intentionally clogging certain parts so that I guess there must have been something more serious happening elsewhere. Yeah. And this is in like River North area. This is what's crazy. Which is a nicer area. Yeah. yeah it's right above the, it's literally north <sighs> of the river and right next to Lake Michigan. Basically. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I think what that the there's... What the wrong with them? Okay, sorry. Huh. Punch... Oh. People are getting hurt. They're being struck. Punched in the face. Older people are getting pushed to the ground. Purses are being stolen. Well, I think that that's just a problem. I don't know if that has anything to do with curfews. Oh, it makes me so angry. But I think no, that's you're right. You're right. You're right. It's a problem. But basically speaking to the fact, what you just said, the statistic, is that these things happen not just during... Curfew hours. It's outside of curfew yeah, hours too. No, it can. But are we decreasing? Um, I feel like it all is just balancing out. It potentially could be all balancing out, but yeah. I don't know. Are we decreasing crime in general for the juvenile people? I don't know. Okay, here's the other thing. Are okay. you most likely to be involved in a drunk driving accident at 3 p.m. or at midnight? I don't drink at 3 p.m. generally. Right. I'm going to say that it's going to be later. So is it just that we're trying to prevent juvenile crime? Or are we trying to pr- protect our youth as well? Because they are not... Oh, I see. They're Maybe. still not of the age to be their own adult. 
And, you know, and so is it the responsibility of, I mean, like my mom and dad used to say that like nothing good happens between the hours of like 11 and 6 a.m. That I, there's nothing I need to see at that time. I just need to be home. I mean, I think that's kind of fair. There's only a few people that I can really ring in like the wee hours of the morning with. I'm not sure how it happens, but it does. And I mean, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, but you're what age now? I under, I understand, but yeah. even still, I'm just like, do you know how inviting like a couch and a glass of wine is? Like, but when I don't want to go out. I'm sorry. When you're 16, you're not out at the bars. Here's the thing. Yeah, out with That's your friends. Thing. It's like a big social yeah. thing. Like when everyone gets together. When you are a juvenile, you're not out at the bars. You're not out. Like, where are you? Like, there's nothing open. You're at someone's lady. house. Or you're out in the streets. And that's what they're trying to prevent. Okay. But what do you do? They did criminal activities. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then then there's the pecan that, okay, you are having cops who probably should be paying attention to other things that could be focusing on that. Or maybe not. Maybe they're not. But don't you think that like, so for instance, like the flash mob stuff, it's like the cops are there because, well... Again, if they're being used as a distraction, that really sucks because it's deterring them away from, you know, something that is is bigger um, and may need more intervention. But at the same time, they're there because shit escalates quickly. Yeah, but I'm talking about it's midnight. A cop is spending their time IDing some kid. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that worth their time versus going to, to... Try and yeah protect. Well, other and it citizens. gets hard too because, like, as we get into some of you know the cops like IDing and sort of like investigating, you know, quote unquote unusual activity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's pulling them. It's pulling them to specific areas, but they also, you know, I, I know I read a few, on a few articles that you had found, Sarah, just. There is a debate whether or not certain cops are targeting certain areas and also if that extends towards some sort of discrimination. And I think that you could, I think that you could argue in either way, but one thing that I'll say is that it's, and this is unfortunate just because of where, you know, people grow up, but like there are in fact pockets in every town, in every city, there are pockets that are, are automatically more unsafe. And so, of course, the cops are going to be patrolling those more because yeah. there's more likely for crazier shit to happen. So they need to be there. And so, of course, they're going to be just based on the reputation of the area, I think more on edge. That's not to say that there isn't, you know, profiling and shit like that happening because I have no doubt in my mind that there is. It's just I still believe that there are these stereotypes and these like ideas and the reason why some things are so focused in certain areas for a reason, you know? Agreed. I agree with you. Agreed. So uh, on debate.org, there is actually a debate. What the hell is debate.org? That sounds wonderful. But the debate, should teenagers have curfews that people get to vote and weigh in? 51% say yes and 49% say no. Pretty, pretty close That's tough. Yeah. Um, well, because I think a lot of people can really rationalize both sides of the coin. Yeah. Well, you have people that, like, one of the arguments that for curfew say that gangs are most likely to go out at night. 
Um, and uh, almost 45% of people in big cities are in gangs, and this is most likely at night when cops least expect them. Well, I'm pretty sure cops expect them. So that's one argument for the curfew. So argument against curfew is from a teen who said... (laughs) On debate.org. Yeah. Who said they don't think they should be a thing, but not so early. So, I mean, I don't know if you're in the right... Uh, column there sir um and that is because they want to experience their childhood they understand there's dangers of being a kid roaming in the streets but that's why they're making technology to improve safety like phones that are a great way to contact your the police or your mom or dad if your life is in trouble there are okay uh, th- Wait, that's fair th- but that's, that's a young comment because but you, it you're is not, a young comment you're, you're not right. gonna you're not gonna be able to contact someone if you're like no, no, but you know that there are, there are, okay, so if you don't have your phone locked, like there are apps that you can use. If you feel unsafe, you can open it and you basically, you have your thumb like on your phone, your smartphone, uh-huh. like the whole time that you're walking or whatever. Uh-huh. And then if you release it for a certain number of seconds, it will automatically like send your um, location or something to a local law enforcement oh, that's office good. so that you can actually um, get tracked. I think I need that. I I mean, I would be nervous that I would like accidentally like move my thumb a little bit. <laughs> and so it wouldn't be on the button any longer and all of a sudden this cop would like come up and... Yeah, yeah agreed. But much like you with your mace that you bring to airports, Sarah. Yeah, that didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> I applaud this young person for, did it say the age? No. Okay. Well, I applaud them just for simply trying, like being irrational about it rather than having like a, oh my God, I can't believe they're going to do this. This is so unfair. There's some of that on here. Oh, I'm I'm sure that there is. But that to me seems like a, an educated statement to some extent. You know, it's like they're not discounting the benefit you know, of protection and safety and things like that, acknowledging that they don't have all of the answers, much like I think a lot of young people think that they do have all the answers. Can I, uh, can I just, do you have another, do you have a good one? Say a pro one that is ridiculous. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I mean, pass on judgment, Um, Sarah. All right. (laughs) I a hundred percent agree that they should have curfews, but they shouldn't be that enforced because they are kind of mutant creatures at this point. And need some freedom. <gasps> I recommend having a curfew between 10 and 11, mainly due to the fact that you want to keep your mutant creatures safe. Is this a parent? I don't know. This They should have curfews because teenagers can be weird, and they have weird <laughs> friends, and they might do weird things, like drugs or smoking. And as a parent, you should always keep your baby safe, but that is why I agree. I also feel that the majority... That said no to curfews for teenagers. Mutant creatures? That's amazing. So I, I'm curious <laughs> if it's a parent or if it is like a neighbor of, they have neighbors who are teenagers. teenagers and they're like, Jesus, can be they're weird, weird and have weird friends and do weird things. That <laughs> well, is hilarious. That's what makes me think that it's a neighbor. I don't know. Like well, an older neighbor. Whatever it is. That's or someone so who doesn't have funny mutant teenagers. creatures. Wow. That's I guess intense. We got like X-Men living up, you know, in our neighborhood, apparently. I guess we all must have been mutant creatures at some point then, right? No, I was like a fucking angel, man. I was. You probably were. I was. I agree. 
For a long period of my life, I was. And then I went rogue. That's cool. So what about Milwaukee? What do we have here? So I just, I'm like not even 100% certain what to think about this. But anyway, so I, on Milwaukee, like the city of Milwaukee's website, there is a notice okay. um, from one of the aldermen. So it says, when young people are out on the streets late at night, they can get in trouble or become victims of crime. It's true. Okay. It's true. Um, and so the police are giving extra attention to enforcing the city's curfew. And so it says through Memorial Day, which has passed, and yet it is still on their website. So mm. government, let's keep things a little more up to date. But anyway, it says through Memorial Day. So basically through the school year. Yeah. Um, children under the age of 17 are not allowed on the streets from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m., Sunday through Thursday, and 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Friday and Saturday. So up and up through, at least through the start of summer break, they are able to, up to 17, able to hang out until 10 o'clock during the school year and, or during the week on school nights, and then to 11 p.m. on the weekends. That doesn't sound terrible to me. I'm sorry. Am I crazy? Well, no, but I think that's what most of them are. Yeah. Okay. But so then the other thing about it is that the teens or parents can be given a ticket for curfew violation. Yeah. We just talked about this. The, okay. This is what it really is perplexing to me. Yeah. Juveniles have a $74 fine if they violate curfew. That seems random. Like round fucking up. Jesus Christ. Zeros and fives. <laughs> and 175 for an adult. But what I don't understand, Sarah, can you help me? Like, could you effectively, let's say, all right, let's say you're trying to be the cool parents, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're like, yeah, 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 bring your kids over. Y'all can play in our fucking yard. Uh, you know, ghost in the graveyard I like if your that still exists. What's going on right now? I don't uh, know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't know. Um, you as the parents were hosting this party. You were being oh, the cool okay. parents, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And let's say the cops came. Would they find? Let's say you and your spouse are there. Would oh they yeah, find you can get in trouble if there's alcohol. Each of yeah, yeah. But would you, would they find each of you one hundred and seventy five dollars? And then if, oh, if there's probably alcohol, more. you're gonna get. I mean, you can go to jail. Okay, so let's okay, let's ignore alcohol for a minute. Let's okay. say that you are parents, you are out, you are letting your kids have a party. Maybe it's like a for an eighth grade graduation party, and this is going to like ten or eleven p.m. or midnight. Okay, uh-huh. let's assume that. Do you each, as an adult, get fined one hundred seventy-five? Your kid gets fucking fined seventy-four dollars, and then all of the other kids get fined seventy-four dollars. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, if that is what's happening, then yeah, I think that that is, I think that's a poor use of local police or law enforcement. Yeah, but it's not, it's taking the same effort for them to ticket one person as it is two. What if it's a party of two, of 20? Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not going to take as much, it's basically the same amount of cops, right? Like you don't need, you I could guess, have, yeah, I guess that's true. And they're not doing anything else. If no, that's basically writing a ticket. Yeah. I don't think that's taking any huge law enforcement. All right, fair. But do you think that it's just a way for them to make more revenue? Um, Potentially, but I mean like 74 and 175 is not, it's not cheap, but it's not crazy. I mean, 
I mean, I just got a parking ticket for thirty dollars. That's what I'm saying. That's I mean, like, but like, I don't know. Seventy four seems steep to me. Like, yeah. what kid? That's like. Well, obviously, the kids seven hours of babysitting. The kids are you sure? My parents would have made me pay that shit. Probably, but they're not going to let you. Like, if you have good parents, then you're probably they're probably going to cover you, and then you're going to have to pay them back. Whatever. I don't know. Seventy four is not the worst. It's true. Okay. Anyway, so so what do you think? Are you pro? I, I listen. I'm. I don't see a major problem with having a curfew in local um, communities. I, I don't see a problem either. I myself would probably have a curfew for my children. True, exactly. I would too. So, so I, I wouldn't. Mean, I wouldn't feel like. I feel like it supports you as a parent if you're like, oh well. It gives more credence to what you're saying. You're yeah. like, oh well, guys, I have to. You know, well, like, not like I have to, but it's not just guy. me. Well, yeah, it's it's the city or whatever. But I mean, and I also think that potentially for those that don't have the parents that are trying to, that know or whatever, are in more unfortunate environments, then maybe this helps keep them out of trouble. I don't know. I don't don't know. I I do. I mean, I I do think that there is, I think there's a time and a place. And I think that obviously... Having like a 6 p.m. curfew is completely unrealistic. Like, no. Well, no. But but I don't think that's what we're talking about. We're talking about things that are later. It's like, listen, like if you go from like the health perspective, like children should be getting eight hours of sleep at least a night. So Mm -hmm. if we're telling them that they're curfew, that they should be in bed by 11 p.m., I think that's acceptable. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like I I think that's okay because it is truly for their health benefits and their growth. Exactly. So agreed. Um, okay, Growing so children. so we believe in curfews, but what do we think about no curfews? You mean the wine? The wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I um, I like I said, I think it's pleasant. Um, I think I paid sixteen dollars for it. You think it's pleasant? <laughs> Jamie thinks that's hilarious. Um, that's going in our, in our description. Pleasant. Yeah. yeah. So sixteen dollars that. <laughs> This wine is pleasant. It is pleasant. Um, Sixteen dollars seems. I think that's on point. Yeah, I don't think it's a. It's it's not an eight dollar bottle of wine. It's not a twenty five dollar bottle of wine. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think it kind of offers you some of that spicy, peppery. You get a little bit of complexity, but it's still got a bunch of fruit. There's um, definitely more of those like darker purple, black fruits here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, you do have the spice. I it is oaked, but I don't think it's. I think it's limited new. It's like thirty five percent new oak or something. Yeah, thirty five percent French oak uh, for twelve months. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So yeah, I think. What it's, else are you getting from it? You're getting spices like. I'm not aging this wine in my cellar. Are you getting cin? I feel like I'm getting cinnamon, and it's a ruby. No. It's a beautiful ruby red. No. I don't get cinnamon. I get it on the nose, not on the taste. I get a lot of pepper. I get bright fruits. I get bright dark fruits like pomegranate, mm, uh, mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. dark cherry, some blackberry. Definitely. I mean, I'm going to say like black grapes. I know that sounds really weird, but. You mean wine tastes like grapes? Yeah. <laughs> what? 
Shocking, right? Um, yeah, no, I think it's actually, it is quite good. I, I still think that I would want to have a little bit more tannin. I know we said this at the very, very beginning. I want to have a little bit more tannin, um, to add just a bit more structure, I think, to the wine. I think that's one piece that's sort of, sort of lacking. Well, that's where you get into that price point. Oh, sure. I mean, it's funny too, though, because they probably could have used a bit more new oak. Just to impart some of those like wood, like the oak tannins, right? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, I think this is actually a pretty pleasant wine. It's not as pleasant. You said it. I fucking said it. (laughs) (laughs) You've ingrained it in my brain now. I'm going to see no curfew and I'm going to be pleasant. Pleasant. Um, I will have a pleasant disposition. But I think that it surprises me because I do, I also expected this to have a little bit more weight behind it and be a bit um heftier Mm -hmm. you know meatier things like that but I think for people who are you know don't really like the really really overly peppery Zinfandel and stuff like that this is it's very nice I think yeah I agree (laughs) I'm glad we don't have a curfew because we'd be past curfew right now uh we would be past curfew of course Maybe you guys are not past curfew when you're listening, but anyway. I always say I'm past curfew. You're so bad. Rebel. <laughs> A rebel. Starting the rebellions. That's why they have curfew, Sarah, because of people like you. Damn it. Damn it. All right. All right. Well, until next time, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.